So I'm going to welcome up Pastor Ed uh, as he brings us uh, some scriptures. And I just want to know what the buckets are for. Yeah, you'll see, Matt. Matt, but you know, I, I after singing that song, let's make the theme this morning: run to the Father. Uh, run to the Father. No matter what your circumstances are, uh, the, the challenges, whether you view them as an interruption or an opportunity, let's seize this uh, time to run to the Father. To run to the Father. Uh, good morning and welcome, Pastor Ed here, Faith Church Online. No folks in this auditorium at all except for the tech folks and Matt. And we're glad that you uh, have come online. Thank you for your flexibility as uh, circumstances have changed uh, tremendously, um, certainly over six hours, 10 hours. Uh, due to the COVID-related protocols and other unforeseen challenges, our annual congregational meeting scheduled for today at 1 p.m. must be postponed. They will reschedule and get the information to you. Um, as appropriate when they can. So with that, there were other changes, such as I was called and invited by the elders to come and, and speak this morning, uh, which I, I prompted, you know, I had just read uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and that great prayer, and I'm going to lead us to a point where I'm going to pray the prayer of Paul there at the end of Ephesians 1, for all of us, myself included, because I think it will encourage us to run to the Father. Why it's in our advantage to pursue that. But before we do, uh, perspective, because, you know, life is going unexpected. There are so many what I initially called interruptions. Some people choose not to see them as interruptions, but opportunities. But it seems like whenever these interruptions come our way, some unexpected events, it, it's uh, easy to take them in the negative and see them as only interruptions. You know, this weekend I was listening and uh, throughout the media we're advocating the teachers are heroes. And I agree. Healthcare workers are heroes. I even heard the grocery clerks are heroes. I would like to add pastors are heroes, not just because I'm a pastor, but just as we have seen this weekend how we are having to flex. How we have to check our attitude despite changing circumstances, things that don't go according to our plan all of a sudden have to be uh, put to the side and change has to come. It's easy to get a bad attitude and view it negatively as an interruption rather than seizing it as an opportunity. Now, some of us, that may be a little easier than others to go with the flow, to accept unexpected things that come our way that demand change of our plans. Uh, we may be able to flex with that easier than others. Uh, I'm not one that flexes easy. I like to plan. And Connie can tell you when there are changes, she's more spontaneous. When there are changes, I can get pretty uh, upset, unsettled, anxious. 
Thankfully, you know, as I've grown older, uh, there's a little bit more willingness to embrace the unexpected. Uh, what I used to view as interruptions, I can now maybe consider them as opportunities. So, you know, this last year, some of you knew I took a three-month leave. Some of you thought I was on vacation, but this was really a spiritual journey I was on. I, 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 w- I was wondering, you know, can I let go of always having to plan, always having to know exactly what was going to transpire on our itinerary? Do I always have to know that morning where we are going to end up that night? Or could I relax a little bit more? Could I, what some of you like to say, is go with the flow? And... Um, You know, I'm not perfect at it, but I do think getting older because now we can uh, look back on our experience and see sometimes where maybe there's something, uh, uh, interruption came and we got uptight about it. But now with life experience, we can look back and say, you know, I'm better for it. It worked out better. Uh, Such as the time I, I thought when I went to seminary and I got my degree, and I was looking for a church ministry in Billings Bible Church up in Billings, Montana. Flew my wife and family up there for an interview and a week to spend with them to discern through the candidating process whether I was the right person or not. And after the time we flew back here to Dallas, Oregon, our possessions were still then at the seminary, but we had family here, so we flew back here waiting for Billings Bible Church to make a decision. And I'll never forget the phone call. Now, I was younger then. See, and that's why I think uh, uh, for some of you who are younger, this may be harder. I was younger, so when I received the phone call from Billings Bible Church, and they said, you know, Ed, I don't think you're the right person for this position. What? What? That was unexpected. I had all my eggs in that one basket. I could not shift gears because I had no idea what was next. Little did I know there was a Christian school just north of Santa Rosa in Larksfield. They sent me uh, information about a position they were looking to fill there at the school. And they asked me if I would be interested. Well, to make a long story short, I thought I was going into pastoral ministry, and I ended up in teaching junior high school for three years. And some who have heard my story before, I tell them that those three years teaching in a junior high school prepared me perhaps more than seminary for pastoral ministry. You know, what I thought was an interruption, it was certainly unexpected, and I had a bad attitude. I was anxious about it, but God used it for a positive outcome. What I thought was an interruption really became an opportunity. The risk isn't less when these uh, uh, unexpected events come. There's still risk, and that's what makes it difficult. 
You know, I asked Matt, Matt, come on up here, my friend. Matt, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, let me get a little water here. Matt, <clears throat> I did give him a little bit forewarning, but he doesn't know this uh, uh, interaction that we're going to do. But one thing that impresses me, if anything makes me incredibly nervous, is what Michael and Rob Foster there in the back are doing is technical because, you know, Weird things can happen, and you got to, uh, you know, just like my, my battery was dead right before I came up here, you were praying, and Michael had to quickly act and get a new battery in there. But what amazes me about good tech people, good tech people, they always seem so calm. Mm -hmm. And I don't get that. <laughs> now, are you, then the reason I say Matt, because when we were just doing, um, uh, uh, online only early in the pandemic and, and we were uh, uh, totally restricted in terms of any folks in here. There were a lot of things that were ebb and flowing and, and shifting. And one time, you know, I, I gave my talk and uh, uh, then I, I, I went about my day and I was down at the garbage dumping things and Matt calls and said, Ed, we got a problem. We did that taping earlier, and it's all ready to go, but. And Matt's so calm. Are, are you always that calm when things take an unexpected twist and turn? Well, I'd say, at, le at least with being, you know, the tech side of it, I'd say you kind of have to be. You know, that's part of, the, part of the job. And, you know, if we use the story of where we just, I, I think it was audio. I think we, we got the video but we lost the audio. And in that moment, I could either freak out and realize that it's not, there's, no, there's nothing I can do. You know, I can't just magically whip up the audio somewhere. And so the best reaction is just to stay calm. Hey, now, wait, 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 <laughs> just a minute. At least in that uh, scenario, there's nothing yeah, I can yeah, control. Well, you know, now this is what I want you to hear because most people, I, I like the words that you said, when there's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. Usually when there's nothing I can do, that means panic. Sure. Panic. Uh, panic doesn't help you. No. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, are there some areas of life that maybe it's harder for you to be that kind of calm and flexible? <laughs> oh, you're, you're laughing. Yes. Well, I mean, if you, if you ask my wife, you know, I'd say, uh, Everyone who's ever had children before uh, can attest to the fact that they can quickly cause emotions to rise fast. Um, and one of the things that I am learning is how to control my reaction to what's going on. I can't expect my one-year-old son to have adult emotion, but as a parent, it's my job to have adult emotion and to help them calm down and to help them understand in, in what they can understand, you know, emotions and being disappointed or possibly even taking the knife out of his hand while he's charging down the hallway, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, and, so, and my wife, Lindsay, she just, I mean, she gets it. She just, it's just who she is. She's like, honey, there's, there's nothing they can do about it, but we have the choice to do something about it and to react properly and maturely and calmly. 
Yeah, to the, the way that certainly like the parent reacts, it may mm -hmm. set their posture towards seizing these unfortunate circumstances that are no doing of their own. Yeah. Now, we're not talking about a slothfulness, a, mm -hmm. a laziness. Yeah. We're talking about circumstances such as COVID, such as, you know, if you're unemployed or your income has dropped, whatever, uh, uh, that are beyond your uh, capability, but whether you view that as a interruption, a, a frustration because of something unexpected, mm -hmm. uh, this was not your plan, versus, hey, I'm going to look at it with faith, believing yep. as an opportunity that God has a, a greater purpose in this. Yeah. You know, one other thing, and I'll put in a plug here, financial peace, which is sure. starting next Sunday, right? Starting next Sunday. And people, yeah. can they still get in? Or? You bet. You oh, guys good. Can, yeah, you guys can still get in. I will even allow you to walk into the first lesson without signing up. Um, I, I want to get you guys hooked like I was when I first walked in. Because when uh, we took it about three years ago, uh, almost exactly three years ago, in January of 2018, and uh, my wife had to drag me in through the door uh, to take it because I just oh, wow. I didn't want to. Wow, and now you're um, teaching? And now I'm teaching it because I believe it and I love it. Um, and I love helping people. Uh, but that first lesson, they, they, they get you hooked. They, for me, you'll learn if, if something is just so clear and plain and just common sense to me. And, and that's really what it is. It just clicked with me and I said, this is this is the right way to do it. This is what the Bible teaches, really. You know, so how can I argue against that? And so I just jumped in. Um, yeah. So that that's what I'm hoping for for you guys. If some of you are on the fence uh, about this, um, just come and check it out. It's it's just in a couple hours of your time on Sunday. We start at one. Uh, you guys are welcome. Social distancing, of course. Um, but we got a few couples. Uh, joining us already, so we're excited for them, and we're hopeful for the rest of you. Yeah, you know, and what I'm excited about, Matt, certainly the finances, and, and that's the motivating reason you go there, but what happens is far bigger oh, yeah. than finances. Mm -hmm. Because of any area, uh, if you think about uh, opportunity or interruption, it is finances. Um, you know, you, you develop a plan, like through financial peace, and that's the diligent part. That is what we are called to do, mm -hmm. and we are to work that plan. But especially with finances or health, but certainly finances, since we're talking about financial peace, we're encouraging you to plug in there. Of any time, you may uh, come face-to-face -face with an attitude, a value, or something within you that struggles with accepting frustration and the unexpected. Mm -hmm can be finances. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There yeah. may be some folks older because of their investments and uh, how they, well, right now they may be happy as can be, yeah. but how quickly <laughs> that can change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, April and May were, were quite the roller coaster. Yeah. For, yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. So wouldn't that be a time to panic? Oh, absolutely. A lot of people did panic. Um, and there, I've heard quite a few stories of where people lost decades of hard work because they panicked yeah. and, it, and it, and it's sad, you know, and we don't, we don't want, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to cause you not to panic. We're trying to just to show you how to do things well and yeah. how to manage uh, your finances, how the Bible teaches us to do it. Um, obviously it doesn't give us an outline of what to do with every single dollar, but 
uh, we can take these godly principles that they teach us and apply them to our everyday lives. Yeah. Well, thanks, Matt. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank thanks you, for Ed. coming. Uh, uh, I appreciate your calm demeanor. It has helped me when it's come to the tech and your, your team of people. Um, uh, so helpful uh, because um, some of us might tend to uh, panic and lose sight of a bigger picture of something greater that God wants to accomplish. That, that's why we are called not to panic, not to see it as an interruption, but God's process whereby he's accomplishing his purpose. And I think we have a great anchor point in Ephesians. Ephesians 1.10, look there with me. Uh, let's, let's just get this imprinted on our mind for the future. What, you know, by anchor point, what is it that's out there in the future that's way off that we can keep our eyes on to help us in interpreting the day-to-day -day, uh, interruptions, the things that frustrate us, the things that go unexpectedly? It tells us there in verse 10. Now, again, remember, this is one long sentence in the Greek. So you don't see the... Um, capital letter like the start of a sentence, but the thought here is what I want us to capture. What God ultimately, even in the face of what we didn't expect last night, an annual meeting, a normal worship service this Sunday, even though we, we thought that was going to happen, it changed. And how we react to it Keep verse 10 in mind for all of those unexpected things. As the plan for the fullness of time, when it was the right time. It's like when it was time to take it out of the oven because it's the right time to pull that loaf of bread out. At the right time, God will unite all things in Him. God will unite all things, all things that are uh, separated, that have enmity, that are hostile, that are broken from each other. In the fullness of time, he will unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And often it is in these unexpected that we are most prone to really understand what God's doing. You know, that's why I told the elders when they invited me, I, I think, yeah, because I, I'm not really well uh, uh, prepared. It's going to be far more spontaneous, far more dependent, you could say, on the Spirit than the uh, uh, writing of Pastor Ed, a whole week-long process. That perhaps God will use what we're sharing this morning to minister to you uniquely for that reason, that God will take it. But God is uh, taking these opportunities I have here. I got uh, teased about these buckets um, uh, this morning um, with a few tech people because of the glare. But anyway, um, these buckets reminded me of the unexpected. And not, not really the buckets, but what's in them. On, on front here, I have... All of these incredibly polished rocks. Now, many of you, uh, you know, these are Oregon agates. Uh, Connie's, I'm not the expert. I've learned everything about agates and polishing agates from Connie. So even though I may say a few things to appear like I'm an expert, that's not the case. 
But many of you would look at these if you could get up close. In fact, I have them on my desk, and I have them there so when people come in, they just got to touch them. They got to just glow at how beautiful they are. But many of you think, you know, you've gone into those uh, shops over there at the coast, and they always have these polished agates, and they uh, sell them to you. You think, oh, I'm going to buy a few. And you're oblivious to what it takes to get those rocks looking like this. Um, it's quite a process. That's where these buckets come in. Somebody came in, I think it was Jake, the other day and asked me about the process. And I, and I said, Jake, it takes, probably, it takes about six weeks. Yeah, you go into the shop and you put it down $5 and you come out with a, a little leather baggie of uh, agates and you think, well, that's pretty easy. No. To get something like this. Now, granted, those are commercially done, so I, I'm not sure of their process. But when you individually, to the point where as an individual you value it, the process is very long. The process, because these are just two of at least... Uh, four to six buckets that we have of different grit. And you're supposed to put these rocks in a barrel like this with that grit for a whole week. And it's grinding. It's grinding. And that grit is working off a lot of the um, stuff that will take away from the luster of the rocks and the beauty of the rocks. And then when a week's worth is done, you have to take the rocks out of that tumbler and wash them and, and get as much of the grit out of it from that wash, that uh, cycle. And so they will tell you, you should hand brush each one. You want to get as much of that grit out. So when you put the new grit in, the finer grit, the old will not contaminate it or rough it up inappropriately like you do not want. See, you know, I, I'm not, Connie's the patient one. She will separate rocks uh, based upon the color because the color detects a texture of the rocks and so you want to tumble some rocks with and not with others. She's the one that will take the toothbrush and, and scrub the rock to get all the prior grit out. You know, I would just take a hose and squirt it. I don't have time. You know, that, that, sometimes that's how we live life. See, this COVID season's not leaving you a choice. Well, maybe, you know, your attitude, you know, you're still trying to race at, at uh, incredible speed. But if you take notice, you are limited. Maybe God's calling you to enter in, to receive this season. Uh, for a polishing, for a, a working out. Uh, um, grit can be good and bad. Allow the grit, uh, uh, the things that rub you the wrong way, to work itself out. Let grit rub you the right way to run to the Father. When life doesn't give you any other choice, that's sometimes how desperate we are. 
because we want to walk into a, a store and just put our money down and have instant glorious rocks. We're not willing to spend the six weeks taking the and brushing it. This is a season to consider slowing yourself down. Let it rub out the bad stuff. The frustrations we may have because life isn't going the way we want or the unexpected have, is happening, let it rub out the bad. How self-centered I am. How selfish, demanding my own way. How wanting life to go the way I want it to go. Let's allow this season to act like grit, rubbing out the bad so that it leaves the good. The patience, the kindness, the love, the gentleness, the calm. We know that God's ultimate goal is to unite all things. It's just taking longer than we would like. And it's utilizing grit, such as the season we are in. But it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to grow close, closer to God our Father and to one another. Let's consider taking the negative by turning it into a positive by valuing what Paul prays in Ephesians, and we'll end here. So use this as a counterbalance today. If you're unsettled, if you are frustrated, if you are disappointed, depressed, I understand all of those because I have those same feelings from time to time. But let's learn to counterbalance them with some great things that Paul is praying here in Ephesians at the end. Four things that I'm inviting us to use as a counterbalance, a weight against the bad that we might uh, um, interpret these circumstances we're encountering. Starting with verse 17, the first one is, uh, use this incredible idea that you can pray that the God of Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in knowledge of him. God, this season, rather than it as an interruption, may it uniquely position me, the inner attitude of my heart, to your spirit can reveal more fully wisdom and revelation of my knowledge of you. This whole idea that we can grow and come to know God is astronomical. You know, it's hard enough for me sometimes with my wife Connie, and I, I've been married 46 years, and sometimes I'm sitting across from her after 46 years and go, do I really know her? You know, what does it mean to know another person? Phenomenal concept. That as personal beings, we can come to know another person. 
That is a challenge in and of itself, is to know my wife, let alone a complex person, a person far beyond me, God our Father. But this is what he's offering. And that perhaps this season is all the more prime for the eyes of our hearts that we would grow in wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. The second thing is the hope. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know the hope for which he has called you. That's keeping the focus again on the long term that he is going to unite all things. There's going to be another life. That's eternal. That's long term. This is just maybe a momentarily uh, unexpected interruption. I like what Kent Hughes says about this hope. Hope is the opposite of despair. And then he says, we are going to stand with Christ at the final press conference of the universe. And a photograph is going to be taken with him and we are going to look like him. Uh, may, may that help, you know, what Matt shared about this calm. May, it, may you leverage these biblical truths to bring in that calm. Because it reflects your Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the third thing we see in verse 8, 18 towards the end you know the hope to which he has called you, and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. His riches, not your riches, his riches. Despite the unexpected, despite the setbacks, despite life not going the way you want, you are considered his inheritance, his riches personally. And the last thing we see there to keep in mind the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. His power. It doesn't feel like power. Power feels like when I can control all things, when I can develop a plan and it goes exactly like I want it to. Power feels like when I go into that store at the coast, I can put down $5 and instantly have rocks. Or is power a working of the Spirit inside, allowing the grit to work for a positive goal? of changing me, of transforming me. Of becoming more prepared for that time when God, according to Ephesians 1.10 and Revelations 21, he's going to unite all things to him.
Let's pray with me. Pray with me, Father. God, may you take the circumstances, however we think of them, whether we're upset, whether we're angry, whether we're afraid, whether we're calm, and prepare our hearts for your ultimate goal is to dwell with your people, to unite all things. So God, I pray this for my friends there online, my friends right here, the text, Matt, myself, of Ephesians, the words of Paul. What a glorious thing. It's, it's not like, it, it, the prayer is not for my income. It's not that my car would get fixed. It's not that I would get that job or, or uh, a new job or what, whatever. It's focused on my relationship with God the Father. That's where Paul's centered. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give me Give the folks listening, God, give them this spirit of wisdom. Your wisdom. And then give us insight, understanding, revelation that we would come to know you. Surprise us. We think we know you now, but surprise us how much more depth there is to you that we can enter in. Uh, surprise us. May it excite us as we come to know you even more fully. And God, may the eyes of our hearts, each one of them, may they be enlightened. Maybe we see more clearly. And, and from the eyes of our hearts being uh, open more fully, may we come to know this incredible hope Hope that supersedes and transcends the disappointment of this life. Because that is what you have called us to. You haven't called us for 80-some years here on this earth and a nice job and a great house. We love all that. We want all that. But our hope transcends this. And God, we're humbled that you consider your riches that we are the riches of your glorious inheritance. Wow, God, all we can do is humbly uh, thank you for bestowing that, for thinking of us in that way. And God, when life comes at us unexpectedly, when we're holding on to a value and you're trying to wrestle it away, may that immeasurable greatness of your power toward us, do its great work. And we know you will, because he that's worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the one to come. This God who has promised to give that power, he put all things under his feet and he gave him as head over all things, the church, which is body, the fullness of him 
who feels all and in all. There's no limit, God, to your power. May we receive God. In Christ's name, amen.